Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. If you can climb a mountain on your own, it's not a very big mountain. There is just no way that you can build a seven-figure business on your own. It's not impossible. Sure, there are some people that did it, but go back to your vision. What is it that I'm trying to create here and who do I need to help me create that? You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined by my co-host for this week and most weeks, except for last week, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? That was very cumbersome. It was very cumbersome. It was. I'm not doing great at the moment, actually. Oh, poor little Cooper. Yeah, my my puppy is very ill and has been in the vet all week and I still don't quite know what's wrong with him, so has... Has us quite worried, um, and it's funny how you know your pets become such an integral part of your family, and like, mm. and so um, he's he's very missed at the moment, and uh, our thoughts are with him. Hopefully, he recovers in the next couple of days, um, but uh, that's sort of certainly been occupying a lot of my thoughts this week, which has um, has been has been fantastic. But other than that. But extremely other, understandable. Extremely other understandable. Other than that, yeah. Other than that, uh, things are actually pretty good. So you know, sending lots and lots of love to Cooper, hoping he makes a very quick recovery and he's back, annoying you again soon. <laughs> no, no, he sits there on the on the you know the next to the heater next to me. So <laughs> oh, he's not an annoying dog. He's not an annoying dog. He's actually a really, really well natured dog. So he's not doesn't yap or anything. So it's just fantastic. Oh, there you go. Not that dogs are annoying, but it kind of came out quite <laughs> are you, wrong. Are you, are you suddenly what? saying that you're a cat person, Sam? No, no, no. I'm not an animal person at all. <laughs> what? No, I don't dislike them. I just, I, you know, I had kids at home for a long time and animal. I like not having to feed someone. <laughs> if I don't feel like eating, I don't eat. <laughs> I, 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 I love dogs. I absolutely, no, I'm definitely a dog person. There's a win. All right, you, we'll, you'll keep, you'll keep. Thank you. <laughs> now, speaking, of, speaking of, uh, of, of animals of sorts and children, what we're going to talk about over the next couple of episodes is we're going to get into your team building and how to manage, build and, and, and manage a team. And it's certainly a question that keeps coming up for both of us. I know, mm-hmm. Sam, you've built quite an extensive team with uh, the Experts Collective over the last 12 months and something that... I know a few years ago you swore off completely. <laughs> I did. I did. Ten years back I said I'm never going to have a team again. So l- we're going to talk about that too because I think there's a big mindset shift in, yeah. uh, in having a team. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to cover a few different aspects of 
having a team, growing a team and, and, uh, and managing a team. But today we're going to get into your team from zero, mm. uh, why, why you do it, when you do it, and we'll touch on a bit of how to do it as well. Absolutely, because if you're doing everything on your own first, I think the, the hardest hire is that first hire or to, to make that first decision to let go of something. And once you realise how awesome it feels to get something off your plate, there's not normally a problem moving forward, but that very first, you know, drawing that line in the sand and handing something over to someone else can be very difficult. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. Yeah, can I take you back, Sam? You, you mentioned that, uh, you know, I had a team of 35 back mm-hmm. in your pants studio days and thought, never again. Uh-huh. Never Definitely thought never uh, again. Because I'm sure your days would have been filled with, you know, uh, all sorts of people management issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. And often when we come out of corporate careers where we've dealt with big teams before and never again am I going to have people because, you know, my office is just full of uh, people management issues and I don't want to have to manage that. And that's often why we go into small business and particularly as coaches and consultants thinking that I'll be self-reliant, I'll do it all myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you recall when the change for you shifted to go, you know what, I actually do need someone to do something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I always knew that I needed people to help. This is the the biggest thing that even if people only walk away with this today, this is what I want people to realise. The reason I said I didn't want a team again was because I wasn't great at managing my team. I didn't have enough systems in place to manage my team. There wasn't enough boundaries in place. I didn't know enough about building culture or how to build culture on a a bigger scale. So when I realized that it was me, then I could learn what do I need to do differently the next time around. And of course, we're we're dealing with people with real life problems, real life dreams and goals and desires and, you know, real life challenges and emotions. So things are not going to go smoothly ever. It's not a static, is it, right? You could have the best hire in the world and something could go on in their personal life that completely takes them off the rails. Exactly. But On the opposite side, that can happen to us too. So understanding that we're all just human and we need to have, you know, some sort of culture or systems in place to be able to deal with that is the the most important thing. Yeah, we're going to get into that more in a later. Later later in the month, yep. Later in the month. But let's talk about, because I remember the same thing as well. I I was in IT project management in, in my last Career, I guess, and I'll put that in little air quotes because people can't see me doing the little air quotes. <laughs> and, you know, was, was managing teams of in anywhere between 10 and 100, 100 odd people. Um, and I recall the same sort of internal dialogue as well when I left there and said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a consultant. I'm going to kind of do this myself and thinking never again am I going to have a big team. And here I am 
finding myself building. Yeah, you're you're you've done. You're also growing a team your as well. Team. Yeah, right? and and we're up to we're up to five, and you know, three different countries now. And I know you in a very similar situation as uh-huh. well. Sam. we've got people all around the world that we manage that actually. On face value, it seems to add more complexity. But I, I love that you picked up around that systems and you know that that the problem you had was actually with you, not with the people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It hurts when you realise that, but once you've come to that realisation, then you're able to move through that. The other thing I think that I want to pick up and just reinforce with with our listeners at the moment is is the, is the why we do this. Okay, mm-hmm. that it actually gives you massive leverage mm-hmm. in areas where you're not really skilled mm-hmm. or shouldn't be doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's both. I actually want to touch into what you've just said because it's not just leverage in a skill that you may not have and someone else does have, but it's also just because you can do a task doesn't mean you should do a task. If you're doing something that you can pay someone $10 an hour for, $5 an hour, is that the best use of your time if you can get a client and be getting $500, $1,000 an hour? Like yeah. that's just a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, look, one of my favourite subjects at high school was and, and college was um, economics. Mm-hmm. And I still remember one lesson around effective specialisation is that even if you might be able to get a better result than somebody else, the fact that you're doing it is means you're not doing the thing that would actually get the biggest impact on your business. Mm. Uh, and I still think that comes down to the quality of our decision that we make, which is why you see CEOs in big multinationals. They don't do yeah. anything, right, other than manage decisions yeah. and, and make decisions. And, and that's something I think we need to be more cognizant of as small business owners as well is that just because I can do it doesn't mean that I should do it. Mm, mm, totally. When did you make your first hire in your current business? My current business, I think it, actually, to be honest, I would say it was on day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my accountant. Ah. Right? Yep. Now, I'm going I'm I'm to take a slightly different approach. Most people think when you, when you hire your first person, there's, you know, who's doing your social media management or, mm-hmm. or whatever like that. But I think if we look a bit more abstractly and saying mm-hmm. who are the team that we bring together to build our business, mm-hmm. it does include people like your accountant and your bookkeeper and your lawyer and those sorts of people that might help you, not necessarily on a day-to-day basis, but they do deliver, help you deliver an outcome to your business. So I think my first one was my was my accountant, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. probably the first one who's, who's operating on a day-to-day basis would have been Serena on my team and she does a lot of our, our Facebook and LinkedIn conversation management. Mm-hmm. And I got her on originally part-time to, I guess, take over that some of that responsibility. Like I was having my quality time with my wife was sitting on the couch watching TV while I, while I you know, responded to LinkedIn messages from the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was getting to the point where it was like, this is four hours of my life every single day. Yeah. And, uh, and I've gone, there's got to be a more effective way to do this because- you know, this is not quality time, mm-hmm, you know, with mm-hmm. partner. Yeah. And that's really, really important to notice. I was chatting to um, one of my clients the other day who is a bookkeeper for trade businesses. And I actually said to her to really understand, because uh, with most tradies, 
their bookkeeper is usually their wife. Well, this is a massive generalisation, right? It's not for yeah, everyone. Awesome. But, <laughs> well, you know, generally it, the wife is does it? the books and, and, yeah. and the husband goes out and does the trade. Like I said, don't come, don't come at me, people. This is a generalisation. <laughs> but something that someone said to me years and years ago that really stuck to me, and I actually was talking to, to my client about it this week, someone said to me, do you really want to be sleeping with your bookkeeper? Do you really want to be in the bedroom with the person that's just done your books? And I was like, oh, my goodness. So at that point, Leon never did my books again because 100% exactly what you just said where you weren't spending quality time with your wife because you were dealing with your LinkedIn messages from the day. You know, there are things in our life that that are important to us. So don't let our business creep into those most important things for us so um yeah i just i just had a it's it's always stuck with me do you want to sleep with your bookkeeper (laughs) (laughs) who who was it for you in your in your current business who was it for you in my current business it was definitely my accountant too so i hired my accountant before i even started this business because i discussed with him um obviously how to set up the the structure of our business and so forth but, and then my next hire, which was also before I started my business, was actually a concierge service. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But I knew that there was many gaps that I had in around automations and tech. Uh, I didn't have the time to do the amount of design. So I hired a concierge service that I could access many different staff members just to get going, just to get uh, yeah. to get help, to get going. I think it's interesting. You 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 know your journey is very similar to mine, and and the biggest revelation for both of us is actually that self awareness of mm-hmm. where your strengths are and what is the thing that you do really well, and what is it that you can do but shouldn't do. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, how how would you describe to other people where they should start? Like. What are, what are some of the little things to look out for to, to be able to know, I guess, to, to hire the first person? I think it's, it's coming back to that stuff that, again, looking at what is that you can, where's your genius zone? Mm-hmm. And when, do you, when do you create the, bigger, the biggest impact? I used to have it in, on my whiteboard. It was actually written in big letters across the top of the, across the, top of the whiteboard. And literally I look up from my computer and see this thing, this, this saying that says, where do I add the most value? in my business mm-hmm. right? um, and then having this really honest conversation about stuff, right? And I think there are there are four zones. If you put everything in your business, right, on, you know, on a, on a bit of paper and that includes, you know, driving to and from meetings. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's calls, still time meetings. that you're spending. That's, that's the thing, right? Um, in fact, I, you know, if you ever watch Million Dollar Listing um, on, I don't know, it's on Netflix or I think it's on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, you know, look, the, the agent sits in the back of the car and makes sales calls or someone else drives him to his next sales appointment. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, a, that's, the, that's someone who's gone, this is the most effective use of my time is not to drive myself from A to B. Mm-hmm. And, and when we do that, when we say, what's our genius zone? What's the stuff that I love doing? Doesn't seem like work to me, right? Drives the business forward and I can, you know, I'm an expert in right? And at the other end of the scale is the incompetent zone, which unfortunately is where we spend far too much of our time thinking about the fact we're going to save some money. And that's the stuff you really don't know how to do, don't enjoy doing, doesn't drive the business forward, right? And and you find yourself like out of your depth. Just be honest with yourself. I think that's the first place to, to start. 
right? Mm-hmm. Look at what are the, write them all down if you need to. Write out all the tasks. What are the things I do well that I enjoy doing and drive my business forward? And what are the things that I really don't have any clue about what I'm doing? Mm. And that stuff to me, if you go, this is critical to my business, that's the space you go, I now need to find someone to do this work. Actually, I just want to add something onto, you know, what can I do or can't do well? Because I feel that this is where people get tripped up a little bit. Um, Sometimes we can Google things and find out how to do things, but it, it still isn't the right thing to do. So let me give you an example. I needed to do a little tweak on my website and I there was someone else in my world at the same time that made it that needed to make the same tweak on their website. We were in the same community, so I, I knew that we were both doing this task. I jumped on uh, a website, found a freelancer, got them to do the job for me. It cost me 10 bucks. And it was done in about 30 minutes. From the time I even put the job up, hired them, they did the task because it was so easy for them. It was a very, very simple task. Um, to the time I sort of like closed the closed off the contract and paid it 30 minutes. This person to save that 10 bucks was still Googling how to do it two weeks later. So she could do it, not a great use of time in my in my books. Yeah. Yeah, look, look I've, had, I've had a very similar experience, right? You know, um, reasonably intelligent, <laughs> I like to think. Uh, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> and spend a day trying to put uh, a WordPress installation onto yeah. onto my server. Yeah. Um, now I can read HTML, right? I know I can read code. I used to be a coder, right? So I thought this should be pretty easy, but something was going wrong. It took me eight hours and oh. I, I picked it up to a guy in the Ukraine that I'd done a bit of work with. He came back 32 minutes later. Yep. Did more than what I'd asked him to do, and it cost me seven dollars and fifteen cents. Yeah, right? so that was exactly. my day. My day was seven dollars and fifteen cents. Yeah, not uh, a not uh, a great uh, return yeah. on investment of time there. Not not at all. And, and and this is where we I think we need to be really aware of the stuff that we're good at and the stuff we can do but shouldn't do. Absolutely. Let's talk about the five different types of engagement because I think that. Um, it's very beneficial to understand that there are different ways to hire. There is not just one way of hiring. Um, I don't know about you, Tim, but a lot of times I'll be saying to my clients, all right, now I can see the symptoms in, in, in a client's business. Now's the time for you to hire. And they automatically think, oh, my goodness, I can't afford it because they're thinking full-timer at, yeah. you know, at our, you know, our sort of current Income, uh, revenue. No, what's the word? Like what we would pay our pay our staff. (laughs) But it is. It is. I I think this is the thing. Right when people and was interesting to say your first hire was your accountant before your business started um, in your team. And we we do sort of default to this maybe this corporate mentality that so many of us have come from. That thinking if we hire someone, we're hiring a full time, you know, onshore based employee at you know, $80,000 plus on cost, right? Now, you've probably all heard at some point the fact that, you know, a salary is not your own expense. You've got 
you know, uh, information and payroll tax and, you know, equipment and furniture and blah, 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 and all that other sort of stuff that sort of comes on top of that um, that cost, right? And I don't know what the exact number is, but I know it's like one and a half or two times the sort of cost of the employee to actually sort of, you know, employ them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we look at that and say, okay, with my small business and, you know, can it stomach another $200,000 worth of expense, most people go, no. No. Right? Of course not, right? Where's that going to come from? It's going to come out of my pocket, <laughs> mostly because I'm going to have to shovel more money into the thing to make mm-hmm. it work. And and that's the mistake I think we make, right? And you gave a really good example there that you had a, a small task to do. You don't hire a full-time staff member to do that small task. You can get that through a freelancer for 10, 20, 30, 50 bucks mm. right, as a one-off thing. And when we start looking at the types of engagement for our team, I think this is important to think that there's not just the full-time, you know, direct employee model that is available to us, right? There mm-hmm. are there really the five. Mm-hmm. Right, let's go, let's run, let's run through them super quick, right? First one, obviously, full-time employee, right? Um, second one, part-time employee, right? It's just a sort of variation thereof. But the other thing, the other three, I think that are interesting and, and well with consideration, as as we did with our accountant, is a freelancer, an agent, agency, or a concierge service. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into what they all are. People obviously um, understand a couple of those, but let's really nut into what they are and how they work in your business. And in actual fact, in my business, I, I've got all five. How about you, Tim? Um, I have three. Mm. Yeah. So you don't even need to choose one. Mix them up. All right. Let's jump into, I think this is where people should start if they're just beginning their business. And that is a freelancer. I I think uh, we still have freelancers in our business. We call on freelancers all the time. These are people that you can hire for one-off jobs or jobs or one-off tasks. They normally have a, a specific uh, specialty. So you can either have freelancers that do that same task for you every week or it could just be a one-off. Uh, but these people you pay by the hour and just as a one-off. Yeah, it's anything or by the job. All right. Mm-hmm. So give me, I need some graphic design done for my, you know, for my logo. Mm-hmm. Right, or for business cards. Right? Yep. You, you can find that sort of work out there. Right? And typically it is very a short, you know, task-specific engagement mm-hmm. for a freelancer, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have used freelancers in my business for recurring tasks. So um, th- there might be one little task, something like audio editing, for example, for a podcast, mm-hmm. where you could have the same freelancer that just does that one job every single week so they can be a one-off or they can be a continual thing but they normally only just do one specific thing generally most people would use a freelancer for different types of design tasks content tasks web tasks automation tasks i don't like to use them all the time because you never with a freelancer unless you're using that freelancer all the time you don't generally know who's going to be a good freelancer and who isn't because Mm. for as Many great and amazing freelancers as I've had, I've also had them that have completely broken websites and it's taken them eight hours to do a, to do that. I'll give you this one five-minute job and eight hours later, we've lost a whole website. Like, <laughs> it does happen. What, <laughs> what went wrong? Yeah, uh-oh, wrong one. 
Um, and, and that's going to happen, but but freelancers are a really, really great way to start. Yeah. Okay. Let's touch very quickly on part-time and full-time employees. I um, mean, these are pretty self-explanatory. These are, these are fairly self-explanatory, right? But typically that's an engagement where um, they're going to be on payroll, mm-hmm. right, as we would say, right? They, they appear in the salary column of your, your P&L, right? And you'll have a sort of fortnightly or monthly, you know, in, I guess, salary payment that comes out of your bank account to uh, to keep those on staff, right? Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, they're going to have more, they may be task-driven, mm-hmm. right? but they'll typically have sort of more of a role-driven respond area of responsibility in your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is where most people, I guess, are quite scared to do this because it is a, you know that those wages are going to be coming out of your account every week, every fortnight, every month. So you do need to have some sort of stability or know what's coming into your business because you don't want to hire a full-timer or a part-timer and have to let them go. It's not nice. Yeah, that's that rule, hire slowly, fire quickly. Mm. All right, so it definitely applies, I think, here for, for part-time and full-time employees that you want to be very careful about how, you know, when you make that commitment to have that person sort of in the business, right? It's really going to be one of those critical functions in the business that, you're not great at and, and you're going to hire for that skill. And it's an ongoing need for that particular skill in your business. Mm, totally. So they're pretty self-explanatory. Um, and then we have an agency. Okay, so, talk to me about agency because that's so, a little bit different. Absolutely. So I this, the way I think about hiring an agency is they're a company that takes over a full workflow. So you're an agency, Tim, at Winmore yes. Clients. Why don't yeah. you tell us the kind of... Um, what people would expect from hiring someone, uh, from hiring you and your company? Yeah, well, this is where we get, I mean, I'm like a mechanic, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm like a full-time mechanic for your your, your car, which mm-hmm. has to run, right? And your car, in this case, is your CRMs, right? So mm-hmm. we help people manage their CRM systems. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can do your own maintenance on it, but typically, right, you go to a mechanic because they're better at it. Mm-hmm. Right? They achieve a better outcome in a shorter amount of time, right? So, yeah, we're an agency. I'm curious to see if, if you think you see what you do as an agency as well, Sam. I mean, we've certainly got a small agency component, but I wouldn't think so. Um, my husband, Leon, definitely has an agency, your podcast concierge, yeah. where um, he works with podcasters to edit and produce their shows. So he, so all the podcaster needs to do is record their episode. It gets sent to them, and then they look after the workflow of audio of content you know creating show notes of creating you know design images audiograms so they look after the whole thing so the difference with freelancers in the same sort of situation is if you were hiring freelancers you'd need an audio editor you'd need a content writer you would need a graphic designer you would need um, you know a social media person so you'd need all those things where an agency looks after all of that so it's like a one-stop shop for I would say more like a project rather than uh, just a one-off thing. Yep. Okay. Now, last but not least, concierge service. So, mm-hmm. right, the Experts Collective we mentioned earlier, it's your concierge service. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of others out there as well. Um, yeah. Uh, like automation, automation agency. agency design pickle and a, and a bunch of others. What, uh, what do you see the difference between, say, a concierge service and a, an agency? Okay. So, an agency looks after one, I would see them as looking after one whole workflow. So looking after automations, podcast, 
you know, your podcast or uh, Facebook ads, where a concierge service, so is someone that you've got access to designers, web developers, um, automation people, content writers, maybe social media, concierge services like Design Pickle, you've, they only produce design tasks, but you know, you can, it's sort of an all you can eat. So it's more task based than project based. So agency for a project, concierge service to have access to people that can do specific tasks. So I think a concierge service is a really great way for someone to get their business off the ground and also to look after the overflow in your business. I think they're, they're really valuable. So one of the things things I like quite like about concierge services is that it gives you access through a single relationship to a broad range of skills, none of which you need very often. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, I don't need graphic design every single week, but I might. Right? I don't Mm -hmm. need website every single week, but I might. Right? So, you know, you get that opportunity to have a single relationship, but actually sort of chop and choose each month which services that you might need to use as your business evolves. And that's why it's such a great one for for fledgling businesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just want to go back and just quickly cover those five types of engagement. Number one, the freelancer. So I think between, between the freelancer and the concierge service is probably where you want to begin. Number two, part-time three full-time, number four agency, and number five concierge service. If you could leave everyone with one thought about growing your team from zero to hero, Tim, what is that that one message you want to leave people with? Other than don't wait for it, mm-hmm. I think where, where we look at it, and, and look, the, the fear is always am I overcommitting my business? Mm-hmm. You know, I know that was my fear when I started out and I started looking at my first team member and, you know, I brought three on in the space of a month last year and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, let, let's, it is a scary thought. Just because we've done it doesn't mean it's easy, right? Like you do have the thought of my bank account's about to be drained. There is that thought. <laughs> there goes, yeah, there goes. I mean, that, that money isn't sort of suddenly materialised, right? It's it's not like it was there already. It's, it's coming out of my pocket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, or what I pay myself, and, and I need to go and replace. You know, hopefully, those people. You know, the hope is always those people will replace the work that I'm doing, so that I can actually bring in more than than what it's costing me. I think the thing that I would want to leave people with is that that idea again about if if you find there is a a thing in your business that keeps coming up, and it's not in your wheelhouse. Right? So it's, a, it's, it's not just a kind of once in a blue moon thing. It's something that comes up on a regular basis that needs to be done for your business and or for your clients. That is the point where you, and it's not your wheelhouse, that is the point where I'd say absolutely start thinking about it's, it's now time for me to grow my team. Mm-hmm. Love it. And what I would love to leave people with is the thought that if you can climb a mountain on your own, it's not a very big mountain. There is just no way that you can build a seven-figure business on your own. It's not impossible. Sure, there are some people that did it. Yes, they are now burnt out. But think it, go back to your vision. What is it that I'm trying to create here? And, and who do I need to help me create that? And if you've got that fear, understand that it's probably a mindset issue first that you need to work through. And maybe you need to speak to a coach or a mentor to figure out how to navigate 
being able to take on a team member. Beautiful. So if you've enjoyed this episode and you there is someone else in your network that you know would get value from this episode, please scroll to the top if you're on your phone, whatever podcast app you are on, and click that uh, share button, share it with someone that you care about that's in business. And while you're there, give us a subscribe or a follow if you're on Apple Podcasts so you can be notified when our next episode drops. And like Tim mentioned earlier, we are talking about team for the month of August. So uh, you want to be notified when the next episode drops so that you can get the rest of the information to build your team. Tim, thanks for joining me today. Good to see you again after a brief absence. Yes. (laughs) And thank you for listening. We really appreciate you and we will catch you next time on the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Ciao, ciao. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and change makers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.